0: You're listening to Process with Broads and D-Ray.
1: What is going on, everyone? Welcome to a new episode of Processed. And you put on that Phillies hat, D-Ray, and I was a little confused. I, whoa, 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 this is 76ers we are talking here.
0: Nah, man, you got in the background. I and I need a haircut. I ain't going to hold you. That's what it's really about. I'm, I'm down bad, right? You can kind of see in the beard, I'm down bad right now, so... Does it, hurt you? Does it
1: hurt you every time you look in the mirror like, damn, I, oh. I got to get to that barbershop?
0: Yeah, man. It's like, who is him? Who is him?
1: <laughs> Everybody's fighting that fight right now. But how exactly. are you doing today besides the hair?
0: I'm doing great, man. I'm doing great. I, I, I rented one of those city bikes and rode around the city, and I'm feeling good. Man. How you doing?
1: I'm doing great. Did you happen to listen to anything while you were riding that bike? Maybe using a pair of headphones? I don't know. Just throwing it out there.
0: <laughs> wow. Wow. It's funny. You mentioned that. (laughs) But hey, listen, man. Listen, I do got something to plug. Appreciate that. Appreciate that segue. Uh, These headphones right here. You know what I mean? From Tall Studio. He's one of our partners. A studio without a T. So, studio. These are the guys. But these are a pair of headphones. These ones are amazing. Like I said, these are the Tall pair. You go in there, they have so many different headphones and speakers. If you use that promo code STN, that'll get you a cool 15% off. So, Thank you, my brother, for allowing me to plug that. You know what I mean? Once again, highlight your boy about the headphones. STN is the promo code for studio.com. Thank you.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. So let's dive into today's conversation. We have Mm -hmm. Brett Brown press conference. We have Larry Brown speaking about Joel Embiid and and there's a lot to dive into. Now, normally I look at press conferences and I laugh because it's a bunch of fluff. It's a bunch of nonsense. And the the way I put it in perspective is it's like a laser, like a room where you're trying to like steal a bunch of money and there's all these lasers and you got to strategically get through it to get to the real juiciness, which would be the money with all this there's so much fluff but without sports what else are we supposed to really analyze
0: exactly we don't have anything else first of all i love the ocean 12 uh reference right there with the lasers and getting to the money i was like this sounds a little too specific i like that i like that but like like you said man it's only so much we can talk about right now so i'm for it and anytime larry brown weighs in on something that's my guy go back shout out larry brown so
1: well, let's, cool. let's start with Larry because I'm not going to lie to you. I heard the audio a bit, and he was speaking on the Sixers Talk podcast, and mm-hmm. that is with NBC Sports Philadelphia. And I'm not going to lie. I'll just put it nice and simple. I don't think he's in his prime anymore Damn. when it comes to basketball because, listen, he's talking about the big man being on the low block, and then he was talking about how back when he was you know, in, in the middle of his prime when it comes to coaching – The three pointer was more about the specialist. You had three point specialists. In today's era of hoops, it's everybody, everybody's shooting three. So I just feel like his mind is very old school. So his opinion on some of these players, I don't know if it relates to 2020. Is that crazy to say?
0: Not at all. Not at all. It's a new day. It's a new day. It's a new era. So many coaches that their philosophy on the way to play the game is just quite frankly outdated. That's not the, you know, not Larry or anybody who thinks like that, but yeah, man, the 3 is where it's at. You see, like, that's where the bulk of the shots are taken now up a, a top of the arc, you know, from the – we call it the slot. You know, it's pretty much like the free throw line extended up to the top of the key. That's where the bulk of the shots are taken in the NBA nowadays. So, yeah, sorry. I, I can't coast on that.
1: Well, I'm not going to lie. When you looked at me when I said that, I got nervous as if – Maybe you took that personal or I said something no. crazy and you were like, well, damn, I, I wasn't <laughs> saying as a person, I just meant basketball wise.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, 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 it's, it's Larry's basketball sense. It's, that's why when you said it, come on, it's Larry Brown, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do that, you know what I mean? Like, now listen to him, but that's that's the old him. You got to at least, oh, right, I got you, man. I got you. <laughs>
1: So what I took out of his, his comments, he was speaking about the last dance and how dominant Joel Embiid could be, and if he had that mentality, that MJ mentality, he could be something super special in this league, and two things I think about when when he said that. One, I think Michael Jordan is so special that if everybody had that type of mentality, Michael Jordan would not be that special, right? So, it's so unique to have that mindset. The second thing is why not Ben Simmons? Why is it Joel and B that needs to have that mentality? To me, I think it needs to be Ben Simmons.
0: I think the reason he said Joel and B is because he's the older one. At the end of the day, we think of the process, and I'm sorry, he's the first one I think of. And his skill set, we talked about it the last show between his ability to shoot threes, his ability to really get the ball and just go to work and get a bucket at any time. I'm not; it's kind of up and down about who's the better defender. To me, it's one A and one B because Joel Embiid is not going to be out on perimeter. Ben Simmons is not going to be in the post as much. But as far as the most well rounded one, I would have to say Joel Embiid. So that's I could imagine that's why he said that.
1: That's interesting because I always think that this team is going as far as Ben Simmons. And, and it kind of relates to what I said about the game changing. Can a center really dominate the league to the point of winning championships? In 2020, is that possible?
0: Bro, gonna be completely honest with you. Yes. And I think it's a new age center. I think the idea of the old center with the guy, the Patrick Ewing-like center where you Get it down the low block, and you have a jump hook. Or the Carl Malone, you know, if you want to put him in that conversation, more of a power forward, but a guy who can kind of hit that short range jump shot. But these new centers, uh, I feel like they're next up. I feel like the age of the big man is coming back. I feel like it was small ball for so long, and at this point, it's about who has that height, but also the skill set. And Joel Embiid is the poster child of that. Him and Jokic.
1: So it wouldn't be the center of, say, Shaquille O'Neal-type game. It would be a new generation of the center, which is fair to say.
0: Yeah, it would be like that type of domination. It would be that type of domination. You have to be that scary. You know what I mean? You have to be that important to your team. I can see that era coming back. It's a pendulum swing. It's a pendulum swing. It goes back and forth.
1: Right. Now, I just think, imagine... Joel Embiid with MJ Mentality or Ben Simmons with MJ Mentality, if you had to choose a franchise between the two, who do you think would bring their team to the promised land? Because I still stand by it probably being Ben Simmons.
0: I think you think that because he's a guard. Is that is that why? Because he's a guard. At the end of the day, it's it's, it's a guards game. I'm not going to lie. It's a guards game. Well, people will
1: argue he's not even a guard. He's more of a point forward than a guard.
0: He is more of a point forward, and I do like the idea of building a team around a distributor, but it's just something about Joe Embiid. It just – he has it. I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. I'm not saying Ben Simmons doesn't, but it's just he has it. I don't want this to turn into a – you know. Kobe and Shaq type of thing of who's more important. I think it's a 1A, 1B. They're both very important to this team. But something about Joel Embiid to me, I think this it's the roundabout of his his skill set.
1: It's hard for me to think about Embiid with that mindset because he shows it in flashes. But guess what? The flashes mean nothing. You need to do it consistently. A few things come to my mind. The Game 7 loss against the Raptors where he cried his eyes out leaving the court. You would think if that was MJ, he would not he would not react the way that he did this season. This season, very underwhelming.
0: I think you had a point in saying that if everybody had that MJ thing, then MJ wouldn't be MJ. It was like an Incredibles when he said it. Once everybody's super, nobody will be. It's just it's how it goes. I don't think that everybody can be MJ. Actually, nobody's MJ. The closest thing to him was Kobe, and that was from a mentality standpoint. But his skill set mixed with the mentality is you, you can't emulate. That's why he's the goat. Now, Joe Embiid, I think if he had a little bit more of that, and maybe that's what what you know Larry Brown is saying, if you just had a turned it up just a little bit more, if you got angry just a little quicker, took things a little more serious, you're looking at a completely different franchise for good season.
1: Right. Like imagine, imagine seeing what Embiid did every game, if he let what Shaq and Charles Barkley, if he took what they said and let it fuel him every game, I mean, MJ would have have fake stories, he would have fake stories to fuel his fire, here, you have two people on TNT saying something to him, he dominates a game, and maybe he puts it together for a couple games, and then we're back to square one where... Where's Joel Embiid? Why isn't he showing up? Why does he look fatigued? Why is his hands over his knees? I I don't know. It's it's crazy to think that Joel doesn't have that ability to spark him himself. It doesn't have to be to MJ's level. I don't know if he even has that at all.
0: I think he has it. Because like you said, that game. That game, he showed, all right, I can do this. And there's been games before in the past where you hear people talking about him. That stretch of time where he wasn't doing too well and the fans were on his ass and he came out and just completely annihilated everybody. He has it. But like you said, it's the consistency. How much can you keep doing? it? How much can you keep that up? How much can you keep fueling yourself? And that's an issue because I'm not going to lie. I don't know if it's a maturity thing. I want to blame it on immaturity, but at this point with Joel Embiid, that might just not be his character. You know what I mean?
1: It no, that's a great point. I don't think it is immaturity as well. That's That's maybe not playing the game of basketball for a while, and Larry Brown stated that he might possibly be the smartest basketball player to come out of Kansas, and I was shocked to hear that because my biggest knock on Embiid, and it's not his fault, it just comes with the nature of not playing the game for a long time, he isn't the smartest basketball player. You can give him credit, though, for being where he is now for the lack of experience playing the game, but... Still, I mean, you're going from being a teenager to now potentially a superstar in the M- NBA with the snap of your fingers.
0: This is why I think he said that. Jerome B is, what, seven one seven two. He's a big guy. His ability to make the progress he did, that came from a cerebral level. Yeah, his footwork was what it was because of soccer. You've seen the same thing with Hakeem Olajuwon. A lot of people play soccer, and make that transition to basketball. They can quickly do that. But you can't negate the amount of progress he made came from the fact that, he must have just been thinking on the game, but never level. Maybe not publicly. You see pregame, he's watching shit like Rick and Morty and stuff like that. Maybe he doesn't do it publicly, but you don't make it as far as he did, as fast as he did, without having a cerebral approach. And as far as the Kansas players go, the only other brilliant Kansas player I could think of well, on that level is Paul Pierce because he wasn't athletic and he just he just made it happen. That's up here.
1: Right, I'm trying to think about the players now. Devontae Graham's having a little. How do you do? But he's nowhere even close to exactly to NBA. Who was the Who was the player who? You know how in college basketball there's always that guy where it's come on. This has to be year seven or year eight for this guy. It just seems like they're there forever. Ellis Perry. Ellis was that his name oh, or or no?
0: Did feel like Perry Ellis was in the college forever? It was only four years. I, I think he's still playing there. I think, still, no, 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 I, no, 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 no. He's, he's still there.
1: He's <laughs> still there. I'm telling you, he's there.
0: This is a fact. No, <laughs> no, no, no. He's overseas. He's overseas. Perry Ellis, damn, I forgot about that. He was actually there when Joel Embiid was there. I think it's because of the, uh, the amount of people that he saw. It was just,
1: damn, Like, no, Are you serious? Right. No, and if I'm people serious. play at somewhere like Duke, Candace, for four years, when you're used to seeing one and done people go mm-hmm. through the program, it's mm-hmm. like a psychological thing almost. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I can't think of any other player that's on that level of brilliance. Paul Pierce might be the closest one because of, he did not have that athletic ability. He didn't have it in high school. So the fact that he did what he did in high school and then college and then the NBA looking like a guy at, you know, L.A. Fitness, but just a cold bucket, that is another level of brilliance.
1: Yeah, I remember watching Villanova thinking, this D-Ray guy, man. He's been here forever. Guy can't was, even defend a lick. Put that me in still there, coach. Booze.
0: That was Phil Booth. <laughs> Everybody said that like yo, Phil been in college since the old biggies. He's been in there for a grip.
1: Well, you know what? With Villanova, though, it 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 feels, and it doesn't feel it is the truth. It's a four-year program. I mean, they yeah. do have people who stay four years, so it's different with the Nova Wildcats. Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah,
0: He he wants that. He wants that. at the end of the day, unless you're a Kansas or Kentucky. Or a Duke in a way. Duke is kind of a hybrid. Emil Jefferson, he always has his four year guys. You know what I mean? He's always going to have a guy who's there for four years. Unless you're one of those type of programs, it doesn't do a college program much good to have that one and done. You got to keep rebuilding, keep rebuilding, keep teaching the freshmen a new scheme. Tell that um, to Kentucky. Man. Exactly, what I'm, saying, I'm saying programs like that, they almost push your ass out the door. Yo, such and such coming up the block, <laughs> you got to go, man. That lease is, <laughs> yeah, lease they, is don't, up. they
1: don't even want to keep you.
0: Exactly, I straight up, I said Kentucky has like a two year lease, <laughs> like, you know. <laughs>
1: well, they always snag that one super senior, I think a couple of years ago, maybe it was that kid from Stanford. I forget the name off the top of my head, but they always uh, find that super senior that comes in that plays one year with the young cats.
0: The big, the big light-skinned kid. He's yeah. like a bruiser. He's yes. like a bruiser. we played him. We played him when he was at Stanford. We all played up in, uh, in Brooklyn. We all had to play. He's like, a kid. is strong as shit. But you're right. Because he's so good at getting the young guys to play hard, or if you need somebody with experience to kind of keep this, Keep this flowing. You know what I mean? The young guy's only going to know so much. But you're right about that. I forgot about him.
1: Yeah, absolutely. How the hell do we get sidetracked into college hoops? We I love know. college hoops, man. Shooting
0: the shit about basketball. Shooting the man.
1: shit about basketball. I love that. That needs to be trademarked. That needs to be our thing. It's no longer <laughs> process the Philadelphia 76ers podcast. It's process shooting the shit about basketball.
0: I love it. I yeah, love it. I do too. Let's talk to Josh about that.
1: Yeah. <laughs> no, he doesn't make the decisions. We make the decisions. We're going to cut this out.
0: <laughs> say, sorry, we're I cutting joking. this
1: out. We're cutting this out.
0: Hold um, on. I, I got to address something if we move on. Yes. Is that a BU hoodie?
1: It is. It, is that, I mean, what?
0: I, I just realized you gave me shit about my hat.
1: Right. I knew that was you, coming at you got, some point.
0: You got on a, got on a BU. I was like, oh, we're matching. And then I thought about it. I was like,
1: well, here's the thing. Sure, you, you played college hoops. I'm sure you have plenty of friends all around the country playing here, playing there, playing there. And you're telling me you don't steal their basketball shorts or you don't steal their shirts? That's what this is. I stole a hoodie. Okay. Yeah, I That's mean, don't enough. get me. You probably have Creighton apparel or Providence apparel somewhere. Oh, no, Big schools. J-
0: JMU. Oh yeah, you know, no, fuck them. Nobody else in the Biggie. Oh <laughs> I have my nothing ass. else. I have nothing. Nothing else <laughs> from the Big East. All you but have is school? JMU. I have JMU and my boy who, he went to Oregon.
1: Damn, they probably have some sick apparel.
0: They got some shorts.
1: See, I was thinking about stealing some of your stuff once we link up, but here's the problem. Your shorts possibly could be sweatpants on me. No, no, no.
0: I, I got you with a pair of shorts. Okay. I got you with a pair of shorts. Nice. I keep the tuck. Nice. My All guy.
1: right. All right. Now I'm pumped up. Let's go. <laughs> All right. Let's transition here to Brett Brown and that press conference. So I think my biggest takeaway was, well, when I originally heard it, I had my biggest takeaway. Now, the more I read into it and dissect more, I think it changed. But it doesn't matter. They're all somewhat meshed together. I think it's important to look at the fact that Ben Simmons was vomiting from back pain after that Milwaukee game where he left a couple minutes in. To hear that he was in that much pain That is absurd, and I feel like they downplayed how severe the injury really was.
0: This this is a problem. This is a problem. We talked about this before, but their transparency on injuries, why are we just now hearing about this? I mean, to me, a situation like this should either never surface or it should be one of the first things you hear about. But the the Sixers have a, a bad track record of not being transparent with injuries. We all know what I'm talking about, and it's just this is a problem. That is a huge problem. If That story is true. Well, I mean, why Brett do you think it. they
1: would? Yeah, I was going to say, it. this would be something that they wouldn't say, and we would find out from another source and go, whoa, whoa, whoa. Are they hiding it from us? But for them to openly say it, that means, I mean, it happened. You wouldn't make this up. If they did, maybe we should question it. Maybe they're that bad with communicating that they thought it happened. It didn't really happen, but they publicly said it.
0: That's what I'm saying, because that just sounds like such a stretch. Not saying it can't <laughs> be, but that sounds like a stretch. Throwing up. Like throwing up, you know I, how bad. I
1: can't imagine them saying this without it actually happening.
0: Yeah, yeah, you're right. Well, I, I told you, I was before we started this, I was downstairs, foam rolling my damn back out. You know, I, I, I did something, I don't know, one too many push ups, something, something is tight as hell back there. I'm like, all right, I got to do something about this. But throwing up, you know how much pain you got to be to throw up over some shit? People throw up over the only sports injury people throw up from is concussions.
1: Maybe it. maybe it was a dehydrated throw up. Maybe he had pizza the night before. Now, did you see, not to get too sidetracked, but did you see that pizza place called into the sports radio station and ripped apart MJ and said it was full of shit? He said he made the pizza. He delivered the pizza. Nobody else that night got sick, and it's full of shit. Ah,
0: it's MJ. That's see, man and, and, and then
1: Grant came out, by the way, and totally ripped the entire documentary and said MJ left out so much information. See, there's so many people who love MJ so much, they are brainwashed. They're brainwashed.
0: I'm just saying the whole piece of story, they all collaborated on a piece of story. I'm, I'm not saying, I think Horace Grant was completely right. He made the documentary. It was his, he owned the footage. He, he's obviously going to leave out a ton of things. I think he had to put some stuff in there because it's like people aren't going to believe. Right. You got
1: to put some negative things in there or it'll dirt. be questioned.
0: Exactly. You got to have some there. But I wouldn't be surprised like any other story. You know what I mean? It's that was a 10-part documentary. And we guarantee it's some other shit that was not said in there.
1: No doubt about it. Now, with this vomit, the back pain, what scares me the most is. The Sixers could potentially still be playing right now if the season was to continue. And I know Elton Brand, during his press conference a few weeks ago, said he would be optimistic that Ben Simmons would be playing now, but the fact of the matter is, we don't know. And they can get away with saying, oh yeah, I'm optimistic that he would be playing because we don't have the answers and they don't actually have to put him on the court. But I'm not buying it. I think he still would be out right now if the playoffs were going on.
0: After comments like that, I agree with you, man. I agree with you. I don't see how somebody who was in that position, what was that? Three months ago, three, four months ago is, is 100% better. That is crazy. The beauty of it is, thank God we don't have to find out because if a story like that came out, imagine if we were playing right now and a story like that came out and then it was like, oh, he's not playing and then that surfaces. Now we got a big prop. Now it's like this shit look like Mark Ellison. You know what I mean? Like what's going on? So. Yeah, man, I, I agree with you. That transparency shit with them, it's, y'all got to pick a side. It's either don't say anything, shout out the media. Like you said, when he was in that that uh press conference and somebody asked something, he looked over to the PR people. like, Yeah, it I was the cortisone, cortisone
1: it? shot. It was something exactly. so simple as did you did you get a shot to maybe try and help the pain? It's a simple answer, yes exactly. or no.
0: Exactly. You either, bella, you either bella check the answers, next question, you know what I mean, or you're completely transparent
1: unbelievable and it seems yeah. to be a, a common thing and I wonder who who is the one making that decision like I don't think that that's Ben Simmons's fault I don't think that's Brett Brown's fault I feel as if there's someone higher up saying we will release no information when it comes to medical stuff
0: until we do that's the problem But shut that shit down completely or you can't wait until months afterwards and then when it comes into question if he'd be playing again oh yeah he was throwing up. Yo, where the fuck was this information when we first had the problem? Yeah, man, they got to they got to get that together. You because you, you lose trust like that. You know, as a franchise, you lose trust. You start to look like the damn kings.
1: Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, that's a that's a dumpster fire. But it is interesting that you bring up the fact that you lose trust. There is. A head-on collision between media members and the Sixers, and and that's every organization. Don't get me wrong. I mean, you can see it with the Eagles and Doug Peterson. You can see it with Gabe Kapler and the Phillies. But you know, experiencing it and being in the room, it's a totally different vibe. Where they are just banging, going head-on with each other, and it's it's kind of interesting, but. Uh, you know, Keep it's it's, it's
0: elaborate. You can't just say it's interesting, not no,
1: elaborate. no. It's 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 hard to explain it in words. You can just tell when these media members are asking questions that the coach and the player they're just they're totally trying to twist their words and find a way to get around it, and they don't want to answer. But it's it's a serious question. It's not as if it's something. It, it it would be a question that it doesn't deserve to be twisted the way that the Sixers is trying to twist it, if that makes sense. Like yeah. there's no reason that they should even be trying to maneuver around it because it's just a simple answer to give back.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Like it's a it's a problem. Like it's like I said, I don't have trust. you
1: ever experienced anything about with that with the big east or not real? it's just a different vibe.
0: It's a it's a different vibe at the college level. You know what I mean? Pros, that's a that's another level. But I said you gotta speak on it because I've never been in that position to hear that. At the college level is kind of it ain't completely transparent, but you know, you gotta do a little more politics. That's why I said you either sorry, I guess a better reference would be Popovich, the way he treats some questions. All right, anyway, <laughs> fuck that guy. Yeah. Uh, next question. <laughs> I mean, like either do that or give us everything up front. But it can't be, oh, the story, the Markel thing. One second is. Oh, it's nerve damage. It's, it's nothing. Then it's, we're changing his form. Then it's nerve damage. All right, well, wh- wh- hold on, man. What is it? You know what I mean? If you keep changing the story after a while, no. That's
1: classic point. Markel faults. Just classic. Yeah. The next thing that stood out to me, he wants, Brett Brown wants B to play 38 minutes a night. Now he averaged in the regular season 30 minutes a night. So you are essentially getting eight more minutes, which is a significant amount of time. My biggest concern is Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid, and Al Horford. When they are on the floor together, their offensive efficiency is just as bad as the process sixers. So you can't have that. So where do you implement Al Horford? And I was thinking, if 38 minutes is Embiid, that means 10 minutes he's on the bench. That's Al Horford with 10 minutes. Now, factor in Ben Simmons, who's going to need a break at some point. Give those minutes to Al Horford as well, because Embiid and Al Horford, they mix. There's a narrative that says those two can't work together. They're not the problem. It's those three being on the floor together. So maybe you can find a way to squeeze 20 minutes of Al Horford on the bench and get Joel Embiid 38 minutes as well.
0: I like the idea of him playing more if it's efficient. You know what I mean? If that eight more minutes is efficient and it's not just him out there dogging it hell yeah eight more minutes of him that that really changes the game but if I would say anybody has to take a, a cut on their time uh it'd be Ben Simmons I think that we've said time and time again his late game heroics is just it ain't just there yet and Al Horford is a guy we saw in that Celtic series when they inbounded that ball he swooped in and got it you can trust him in late game situations so if that's pushing anybody's minutes kind of down later in the game I'd rather be Ben Simmons because you're right. Al Horford and uh, John B, that works. That shit works. Well,
1: let me ask you this. What do you think is the best position to be in? Do you think they should take Ben Simmons out of late-game situations or do you think he needs to learn it and get that experience and be involved in the late-game situations even if it results in failure because how else is he going to be able to take that next step?
0: I think we can't have it both ways. If it's a situation where you're saying you want this shit now, you want this shit now, you want this shit now, it has to happen right now. We paid him all that money that you put out Horford, for it because at the end of the day, we have him. We paid him that much. And right now, he's the late-game situation guy. And then Ben Simmons builds that over time. But if it's, y'all want to keep trusting the process, we want to have patience. We want Ben Simmons to be that guy. Understand it's going to take some more time.
1: who's going to be in that situation the ball handler like do we expect shake milton to come in and be late game situation game six nba playoffs josh richardson i mean that's it's crazy to think I
0: i was gonna say josh richardson because at the end of the day josh richardson he's not that flashy point guard that's gonna like i think of jeff teague Kimball Walker style point the new age point guard the scoring point guard that kind of got that flash they're gonna get by you and all that he's not that he's more that put you know he's gonna put you on his head he's gonna back you down he's gonna bring the ball up slow he's gonna get everybody set you're not gonna take the ball from him because he's too strong for that but in late game situations you don't need that guy that's gonna get in his bag and blow past somebody. you need that guy that's gonna secure the ball so I like Josh Richardson bringing it up late game
1: yeah, I guess it's something I'm at least interested in and it, even if it is Shake Milton if he finds a way to prove himself or Josh Richardson, the one thing I love about those two having the ball in their hands, which you don't get so much with Ben Simmons, is the pick-and-roll game. I mean, the Sixers just do not run pick-and-roll in a league now where the pick-and-roll is at the top of the league. I mean, everybody utilizes a pick at some point so they can get a switch that they want, and then they can execute and blow by by guys, and they just don't have that because of, realistically, Ben being the, the primary ball handler.
0: Exactly, but if what about have
1: defense, a... though? Let, let, real quick, you're taking what? Ben Simmons off the defensive side of the floor in late game situations to put on somebody else. Now Josh Richardson is a good perimeter defender, but you could have he had him, and, him and Ben Simmons.
0: Yeah, yeah, I, it's interesting. It's, and to me, this is the that's why they pay Brett what they pay him. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you gotta figure this shit out. You know what I mean? But like I said, if, looking at those three guys, you said it perfectly. Them three on the floor together, this shit is not moving. Two of the two of the three, it always works. But for right now, to me, as Sixers fans, you can't have it both ways. If you want to be patient and you want to build Ben's confidence in the late game situation, because you want him to be the guy, or you don't, and you want it to happen now. But understand that it can't be both. So for him sitting down, maybe that's what it takes a little bit. I like our first late game defense. I think in a year or so, we're gonna be saying the same thing, but. A year of basketball experience, is that's a lot. You know what I mean? He, ha- he has time to get it, but it's which one do you want?
1: Larry Brown said one more thing I thought was interesting, and it's its totally right. So when you look at this roster and Al Horford playing the four and Tobias playing the three, they're in brutal situations. I mean, Tobias Harris guarding a three, it's totally different. And now Horford is a center. So him trying to guard the four, it's totally ruining them, and that's why Tobias is thriving at the four way more because he's able to put the ball on the floor. He's able to shoot the ball better. He's able to pretty much beat fours more so than he is beat threes offensively and defensively. So they're they're pretty much playing out a position, and that's a big time issue.
0: Yeah, no, Tobias Harris is a true three, and that's when the mismatch comes into play when he gets a four.
1: I think. Wait, you said he's a he's a true three or he's a true four.
0: I think he's a three. I think Tobias Harris.
1: Oh, so he, and Larry Brown is saying he thinks that he's more of a four and he's struggling at the three.
0: No, I think he's a three and his mismatch is the four. Okay. And he gets a four man on him. Like we said, it's Larry Brown. But at the end of the day, to me, in today's game.
1: I'm not totally disagreeing with yeah, you. I'm about
0: to say, it's not just height. It's not just height. It's his game seems to be tailored more towards. No, that is a true small forward you know let's stop saying through a true small forward and when he gets those power forwards on him that's when you start to see him kind of because they can't stick with him you know I think of threes I think of Kevin Durant I think of Paul George I think of Kawhi Leonard I think of LeBron James that isn't a mismatch for him you know what I mean it's those four players that are mismatch for him and I disagree with Larry Brown he's saying the problem is Al Horford is such a pivotal part but his defense against fours is not what it needs to be because of the new age force he's a it's almost like how you saw Mari Stoudemire. He's kind of an outdated player. As dominant as he is, as nice as, is, as nice as he is, as much as you like him, that position is kind of it's outdated for what you do. And to me, that's how I look at our Horford.
1: No, yeah, he's been
0: around for that.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. No, no, no. I'm, I'm on the same page with you. See, the problem with Tobias is I'm struggling to figure out what he is. I, I look at what you say, and, and I would have to agree with some points when it comes to the three. But I also look at him at the four, and I think that there's reasons why he can succeed at the four as well. It's almost really awkward because I see him as a 3.5. Is there a 3.5 on the, on the court somewhere? Maybe after they add the four-point line, we'll add a sixth player, and he'll be the yeah. 3.5, and that'll be perfect for it, Tobias Harris.
0: That is cockamamie. I don't want to see that <laughs> shit. I've I've never used that word. I'm pretty sure I saw it in a Looney Tunes episode or something. I was little, but I don't want to see that shit ever. And I hope I use it the right way. But no, <laughs> six guys in a 3.4. No, that sounds crazy. That sounds crazy. But I think he's more over three. I think he's more over three. I think you're right though. That it's such a tweener game at this point. Raymond goes out there and plays the five for Golden State some nights. Who's really to say it's one way or another? So.
1: Mm-hmm. right right now it's it's just it's it's so unique to hear these older people talk about the game like, he brought up he needs to be in a low block he needs to block everything and, and I've mentioned this to you before he leads the league in post-ups now here's the question how is it everybody else isn't posting up a lot and he's just posting up more than them What qualifies as a post-up? If he's posting someone up, but he's right inside the three-point line, does that satisfy people as a post-up because he technically has his back to the basket? I mean, there's so much information that has to be involved. But, you know, in today's era of hoops, if you're going to tell me that the big man isn't allowed to shoot threes, I'm sorry. you got to move on with the times.
0: Yeah, yeah, and that's why we say that opinion might be a little outdated. That's not the game anymore. That is not
1: Larry the game. Brown. He yep. he had one hell of a ride, huh?
0: He did. That's my yo, listen, no BS, no BS. I'm not saying this to be narcissist. Google my name and Larry Browns together and see what pops up. He he is good in my book, but that opinion is outdated. That's not what the game is, man. When I think of the best centers in the game, I think of Joel Embiid I think of Joke. Those two guys, different styles of play, but to me, that is the Tim Duncan, the, the Kevin Garnett of that four battle that we used to have you know, in the, the mid-2000s, the, the latter part of the 90s, but the mid-2000s. That, to me, is that matchup. That is one and two right there, or A and B, or peanut butter or jelly, however the hell you want to call it, those are the two guys right there that you have to go back and forth and look at their skill set. Look at where they play the game. Jokic plays the game from the elbow. Period. You know what I mean? He plays the game from the elbow. John B plays the game from the top of the key. Pump fake, drive past you, Euro. That is his game. That is where the big man is heading.
1: A 7 2 man with the most beautiful Euro I've ever seen in my life. Not Isn't anybody it crazy? On this team. I love when he celebrates. Like, there's nothing cooler to me. Yeah. Afterwards, you do the the fake euro where the guys on the bench. You do it. It's like ew. Exactly. That's so sick. That's so sick. <laughs> ew, ew. <laughs> Hold people back. I told you, I'm the bench. I'm the bench guy, dude. I don't care. I don't care. That's all I want to do. That was my biggest dream. Now, watching some of the Michael Jordan documentary would show. <laughs> The, I think this the shot I'm specifically talking about was Bulls Pacers and Game Two and it was sort of like the broadcast and you see the Bulls in an away arena running out with their starter jumpsuits on and you yeah. see that old woman Karen screaming, Fuck yeah. you right all yeah. oh, their <laughs> Kathy or whatever the hell her name is. Right. <laughs> I just think to myself, God damn it. I told you this before, but god damn it, does that just seem so sick to run out and all those people just Boo! In a big yeah, yeah. playoff game and you got your jumpsuit all right. Your tail, exactly. You got a warm-up. <laughs> a couple of bricks. You know what I mean? Ew!
0: Exactly, exactly. <gasps> you you got to live for taking it away from people. I'm sorry. That is what those teams on the road did, man. Like you said, that game too. It was like You have to live like, yo, we're going to go in their house and we're taking that food right off of their plate. Period. Period. That is what we're doing. I love it.
1: Do you have a game at Villanova that stood out to you where you silenced the crowd? Like you screw you guys. We're walking out of here and nothing.
0: Providence 2016. Providence at Providence 2000 I'm gonna tell you what happened.
1: They it was on the team to- that year. Was it done? Yeah. Or,
0: no, or, that was that was done that was done in, in Bin too. They were okay. one two. Um when they played us at Wells Fargo, we actually had a storm. We were snowed into the hotel. So we're stuck in the hotel four or five days. We don't even know the game's gonna happen. We finally get out, have the game at Wells Fargo. They beat us like at the last second. I want to say not even a month later, probably two weeks later, we went up there.
1: Yeah, shut, shut yeah. him, shut him down.
0: Look up that game. I Providence, will. Providence at Providence 2016. That was that was a very good night for the cats.
1: Ew. And, and, ew. It, and it just That's feels good.
0: good to be like, fuck y'all. <laughs> like, <laughs> yes. like, we're, we're getting on the bus fast, but we're getting on it with a W. It's just it's the best.
1: Oh, I best. love it. I love Big E's basketball. I told you this. I don't know why. I literally don't know why, but I, I love can't it. can't wait
0: till we go to a game, bro.
1: I know. Big tournament me?
0: 2021. We, we, we in there. You Soft. think you
1: can get me on the bench? Like maybe the last bench spot with the jumpsuit on? I don't know. Just pip on.
0: Who? Yeah. I like his energy. I like his <laughs> energy. If he isn't here, get him here <laughs> more. <laughs> Let's
1: go. Unbelievable. All right. Let's let's get back on track. We are mm-hmm. full of it today, and that's fantastic. We're full of it all the time. I mean, I it's, it's so. crazy. We're, we're just ridiculous people, and it's phenomenal. It is what it is. A lesson that Brett Brown wanted the guys to learn was when you look at this team, mm-hmm. somebody needs to step up and take it, but at the same time, you can win with a group of people. It can, can be a community of people. And, and the way I relate this is with LeBron James and – people always claim that LeBron James does not have that killer instinct, and, and I do agree with that. When you look at that Miami Heat team, yes, Dwayne Wade's a Hall of Famer, Chris Bosh is one hell of a basketball player, and LeBron James is in the debate of GOAT, so I mean, he's clearly up there, but he doesn't have that killer instinct, and when I look at that Miami Heat team, yes, they had very athletic and talented players, but did they have anyone with that True Michael Jordan killer instinct, or did they do it by a community of people?
0: They rule by committee, and I don't. I don't see what's wrong with that. I don't understand what's wrong with that. Who has the most rings? It's neither one of them. Yeah, right. Bill Russell. Bill Russell has eleven rings, and he said, "You call it what you want about the era he played in. What it is, it is what it is. He got eleven rings. Let's call it what it is." And he straight up said, I played the game in the era where team basketball is much more valued. LeBron James doesn't have that "quote unquote" killer instinct. I think that's people projecting of what they want him to be. But he has three rings by ruling by committee. It's just I don't I don't see what the issue is. It's a team sport, and the goal is to win. There's no doubt who the alpha male is on the on the court or on the in the game at this point. But it's just there's nothing wrong with with ruling by committee because it works. It doesn't work for everybody like it works for MJ and them, but it works for him. That to me, that shit is such a tired argument because it's just. It's about winning. It's a team game. You can have that shit. You have guys who have that shit in abundance. Maybe Jimmy Butler's one of them. You can have that shit in abundance. And if you don't, perfect example Russell Westbrook. There ain't no doubting he has that. What does he have? <laughs> you know what I mean, it's, it's about the W, man. That's
1: Good. it. Couldn't agree more. People are obsessed with points and wanting to take the last bucket. That doesn't mean that's the only way to do it. And it's funny, if someone scores 45 points but loses every game, they will value that more than someone going 18, 9, and 7, and it relates to winning. And and this might be one of my hottest takes ever, and maybe it'll come back to bite me in the ass, I don't know. And I don't know if I even told you this before, but when it comes to Devin Booker, to me, he's a player who just scores a shit ton. If you flip-flop him and Ben Simmons. I think Ben Simmons brings more to the table, where the Suns actually win more games based off of his play, compared to someone like Devin Booker who just scores a shit ton of points.
0: Facts. Those are the people who negate the the, the importance of plus minus. That's not basketball. Uh, I get it. No, 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 no. Inter-
1: plus minus means nothing.
0: It's entertainment. If you want to be more entertained, yeah. And I'll, I'll say this about the points: LeBron James, barring an injury, he will be the the he'll be the highest scoring player in NBA history period. If he plays this next, what it looks like he has about another four or five years, I got a feeling after seeing this especially, he's going to make sure that he doesn't just let it go downhill. He's going to leave, you know, on a high note, but if LeBron James gets this next four or five years that he wants out of his body and out of his career, he's going to lead the league in points all time. So people are is going just, to it's tired.
1: T- people are gonna say, well, the three-point game added all those points, and he's not really that great. It's just the longevity of his career. I already know what the people are brewing up exactly. in their minds. Exactly. Fuck out of here.
0: You can't win with those people. You, I hate it. You know me. I give LeBron his fair share of shit for his antics. The way he plays the game is just to me. It's how the game outside of his his you know just jacking up shot, the antics, the not helping teammates up, the sulking, the drama. But the way he plays the game to me is if if Naismith saw it, it's like
1: (laughs) the way the way I'm I'm looking at it now is I love LeBron and he's the greatest player ever. Um, (laughs) I'm actually watching. (laughs) I'm actually watching right now the Miami Heat run. And I have all the games. I found it online on like a random stream. And right now I'm watching the Heat OKC Thunder run in the NBA Finals. And I'm watching LeBron saying, damn, man. Like, I love him now at 35, no doubt. But him at that age, whew, it is another level. And, and I'm going to walk or watch through, you know, the series with the Spurs and the losses and on top of the Ray Allen shot. I'm going to get into all of it because I got so much time on my hands without sports. But damn, dude, him in that Miami Heat prime beautiful to watch it
0: was amazing it was, it was it was some of the best basketball we're ever gonna see bro it was the way that he played the game it wasn't it's about the w man when what the boys. say win 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 he said one it hell himself. of a quote exactly one hell of get, that quote. Shit, get that shit tatted it's it's what um it's what phil jackson said in the documentary and michael admitted to it he said when he came in i didn't like it he took the ball out of my hand Hold on. You want us to. You want me to. Alle- I'm the best player. You want me to alleviate the ball. Yeah, that's gonna get us chips. You doing what you doing? Like you said, a Devin Booker. I'm not saying MJ is Devin Booker. I ain't saying Devin Booker is MJ. But you doing that shit. It don't. It don't win us games. It gets you in a better position. Yeah, but that shit don't win games, man. Play the game for the team, and Bron does that to the to the highest level, man. To the highest level. Sometimes yes, trusting does. people he shouldn't.
1: Yeah, you're right. Yeah, Dellavedova Vadova for three. Oh, yeah. God. Is that yeah. Hunter Brody in exactly. the corner?
0: Oh. <laughs> Took him straight out. Took out his legs. Unbelievable.
1: I'd get the ball in the corner. You know what i do? Instead of shooting it, I'd do this. Like, bro, bro what are you doing? He's supposed to shoot. Oh, shit. It's a charge. You know what I mean? Whatever.
0: I we were on defense.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> thought we were on defense. With that being said, let's end it here. Now, that was fun i had a blast it's a
0: high note it's a high note. yeah absolutely now note. i
1: think one more time let's share some information on those headphones
0: oh yeah well not these headphones i have in but these it's like, it's like, no these tall headphones like we said man studio without the t studio.com this an amazing pair of headphones made it come they also got some speakers on there people who don't like the headphones being in if you don't like the wireless ones they got the ones with the cord to wrap around them but Use that promo code STN for that fifteen percent off, man. tell them D Ray sent you. And <laughs> thank you, bro. I
1: tell everybody that D Ray sent me. They'll be like, what are you talking about? You know D-Ray sent me. Dude, Get your Brett ass McDonald's, works. bro. You know what I mean? <laughs>
0: yeah. McDonald's. Oh, you you also want the regular?
1: Yeah. <laughs> D Ray sent me. <laughs> well, thank you guys so much for watching. And we will see you next time.